0: Hello everyone and welcome back to the Android central podcast. My name is Shruti Shaker. I am the managing editor here at Android central and I have my lovely friends with me today. Jerry Hildenbrand. Hello. Hello.
1: Howdy. How are you?
0: I'm very tired. There's a lot going on. I have a lot going on. I ask you that every week and you always
1: come back with something you've got (laughs) too much going on.
0: I know. I need to take a break. Just say I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm there fine, Jerry. Go. I'm fine. <laughs> uh, I've got Andrew Myrick with me. Hi, Andrew. Hi, nice, Shruti. And I've got Nick Sutrick. Hello, hello.
2: Good afternoon.
0: Good afternoon. Okay, we've got quite a few fun things to talk about. I mean, a lot of it is foldable relatable, related, excuse me, and a lot of it has to do also with Google and you know, Google being Google. So we're going to start off with, um, a very interesting news article that was published a couple of days ago. It's titled Google is apparently canceling pixel fold pre-orders left and right. So essentially Google is seemingly canceling pre-orders of its pixel fold placed through the Google store. The cancellations may be due to a system error or problems with payment verification. Consumers across the U S in Canada are reporting the issue through their Reddit accounts. Uh, and it seems that Google is very much aware of this issue. I I know this sounds like a very mundane kind of topic to talk about, but the reason why I think it's interesting is because first of all, it's Google's first foldable phone and you don't want something like this happening, especially during pre-orders, because that kind of is where a lot of your bulk of your orders come through. Uh, at least that's what I'm assuming. Um, what do you guys think? I'm like, Do you think this is going to affect Google in any way?
3: No, but this happens every single release. Every, well, every single flagship release. It doesn't happen with like the Pixel 7a or 6a, but every major new phone they release, there's some type of ordering issue. And has been for as long as I can
1: remember.
0: Do we know if that has affected its sales, though?
1: It looks like this time, though, it's not all Google's fault. It's their payment verification provider. People were saying that, you know, I I saw one guy, yeah, my Amex got charged. Amex says it got charged. And then when he called Google, Google said, uh, no, it looks like your payment verification failed. Mm -hmm. Well, Google doesn't do that. Some other third party does. But it's still Google's job to get it sorted out. Right.
3: Like, let you know.
2: Yeah, and I think in in that case, the bigger problem is that the orders got canceled, which I think is just so stupid. That happened to me with the PS5 when it first came out. I had an order I made trying to get that stupid thing, and the payment got canceled, and then I was out of PS5. It wasn't like they were like, oh, hey, just update your payment info, and we'll get it to you. Nah, they just cancel it.
1: I think (laughs) what Google needs to do here is if the order gets canceled for any reason— Instant email automated. Your Google, you can automate fire off an email right away, whether it's three o'clock in the morning or three o'clock in the afternoon. Hi, your Pixel Fold order got canceled. That way, everybody knows instead of standing around waiting for the UPS guy to drop it
0: off.
3: Yeah, and I saw. I think I saw this morning that. Uh, pre-orders right now have been pushed back to like September
2: oh my god yeah and that's where I was gonna go with next was you know this wouldn't be such a big deal and it probably would be not even a news story if we didn't have this uh what seems to be a demand issue that they have more demand than they can make units for if you know shipments anything to go by because now we have people that are waiting several months i know andrew yours is a month out i've seen people i haven't seen the september date yet but i've definitely seen plenty of people say theirs is not arriving until august so that's that's quite a lead time
3: i'm waiting for launch day at verizon i'm just going to try okay. and go to the store because i'm not going to try and mess around with a pre-order there's usually one or two stores that'll have even obscure phones around me on launch day okay i'm not i'm not messing around it's not it's not samsung where i feel more comfortable with it it's it's google and i and i want to just try and go to a store and get it that's fair yeah you can go to the big verizon store in bethesda they have everything but i still have to wait until july 18th because yeah. stag, staggered releases for the win
0: well i mean okay well i i i guess it's not that big of a deal but hopefully you know google does um kind of fix this issue And I'm going to move on to the next topic because this was a very quick one that I wanted to talk about. I was just curious. Uh, But what I do want to talk about are the next two things because they're both Google related and they're both Google related in terms of canceling things. So the first is job cuts hit ways as Google consolidates its mapping efforts. Um, So essentially, uh, Waze's ad systems will now be powered by Google Ads instead of its own. This results in layoffs for roles involving sales, marketing, operations, and analytics at Waze. Google Maps and Waze are brought under one roof in late 2022. Um, The other thing that Google is canceling is um, it looks like Google might have canceled its new AR glasses, uh, and that is kind of interesting, problematic-ish. Uh, basically, the next generation of Google Glass called Project Iris internally has reportedly been canceled. The cancellation comes months after project lead Clay Baver uh, left Google's AR division, and Google is said to have moved on to uh, building a software AR platform for companies like Samsung instead of developing its own hardware. Okay, lots to unpack here. So obviously, layoffs happening. Right. It sucks. You know, we know... That's the nature of the business.
1: Isn't Doesn't Waze act as their own entity under a Google umbrella? Wasn't that part of the deal when Google bought them?
2: I believe so, yeah.
1: Yeah, so I guess job cuts have rolled down from Google onto their properties if Waze has to lay off its staff, too.
3: But it also doesn't come as much of a surprise if, if the Waze ads are being replaced by Google ads. I feel like this was just a matter yeah. of time
2: yeah for sure honestly i can't believe it didn't happen sooner google bought ways 10 years ago
3: it was probably part of the deal yep
2: yeah most likely there was some kind of time you know a clause in the contract something like that that said you can't touch this for x number of years or whatever and then at the end of last year they started consolidating stuff probably when that timeline hit if
1: so bravo to the people at ways for being smart yeah 100 percent. stay off my lawn for 10 years google yeah
2: yeah, because I know when that happened. I think most of us are like, "All right, Waze is gone. See you later. We'll see. It, it'll it'll be phased out in a few months, and it'll be pulled into Google Maps." And it really never did. They they brought a few features over, but for the most part, they're very separate applications and uh, you know customer bases and stuff like that.
1: I I think Waze is just too popular to make disappear.
0: I I wonder though, like what that consolidation is going to look like, though. I mean. Yeah, obviously, like Waze was able to sustain itself for however long it was able to do so. But now that this is happening, I'm curious to know how how that's going to change on Google Maps. Uh, what do you guys think? Unlike
3: the Fitbit acquisition, which is very clearly heading towards Fitbit being killed off for good. Um, I, I still see Waze operating by itself. Uh, yeah.
0: But how, how, how though? It, it, wouldn't that be like completely com- competing against not if not if
3: that no not, no because the ads are google driven now and not Waze driven oh
0: fair yeah okay fair
3: google's making their money
1: regardless and almost everybody that has ways installed on their phone also has google maps installed on their phone so google gets to double dip
0: oh fair enough okay fair enough that's true and
2: i know you know the only time i ever use Waze is when we go on a long trip like if we drive to see our you know my in-laws or something like that i like using Waze because I prefer it's long destination stuff because it tells you, uh, you know, where, where the cops are, yeah. where the potholes are. is that illegal? Are. You can see other ways drivers on the map. Like, I just like that community functionality. Whereas if I'm looking up restaurants or I'm just doing local directions, it's Google Maps every time. Okay, but actually, though,
0: I always thought that was illegal, though, to have I,
1: I don't care if it's illegal say. or not. Don't get rid of it.
3: <laughs> don't talk about it in some states, and it is illegal in other states, but if
0: it's already up...
3: And the way like if you're already using ways like I
1: I don't know how it can be illegal for me to tap a button and say, hey, there was a cop here.
0: Yeah. Well, well, it's illegal because then you I I mean, I get what you're saying. But I guess the point is, is that like you normally most people who are speeding are going to speed regardless, uh, you know, of the situation. But if they know that cops there, they're going to stop speeding and then they're going to speed again. And then.
1: Yeah, that's how I do it. I got a heavy foot. Yeah,
0: but but you may not be a danger to society, whereas there could be other people who...
1: No, I'm really a, I'm a very good driver, but I do drive very fast.
2: My guess is that because it's community driven, they can get away with it because they'll fall under the same thing that social media companies fall under when they say, well, we didn't post it. That was our crazy users.
0: Right.
1: Just don't get rid of it because... On them trips to Georgia, I need to know where them cops are in the interstate.
0: There's always a caveat.
2: (laughs) Yep. Georgia and Virginia. Be very careful. No (laughs) doubt. (laughs) They'll get you every time.
0: But, okay, so, I mean, I guess that's a good thing, you know, that Waze hopefully won't get deleted. And and because it is so community-driven, I think, I I also feel like if it did get deleted, the community would be very upset and they would probably voice that very loudly. Oh, i grab
1: a torch and a pitchfork yeah, take- oh, oh, man copy. yeah, that yeah. would be real bad, <laughs> um,
0: but so, let's talk about this report, Nick, you wrote about this the the Google might have canceled its new a r glasses. I'll be okay. very honest, I was really not paying attention to the news when this came up, but you were, and you seem to be very flustered by it.
2: So if you remember back at Google I.O. last year, they showed off those glasses that could do the live translation and all that stuff. Yeah, and A lot of yeah. people were like, Oh, that's, that's really cool. And actually very useful. Right. Um, we think it's those, the problem is, is that was never an official product and like all of this other stuff that we had rumors and leaks of were never like quote officially announced products. So a lot of the time when you get these types of reports, there, the ends aren't always connected properly. Like in the initial report people thought Project Iris which was the name of this thing that's been cancelled was something that looked like ski goggles which was also a description for the Apple Vision Pro, right? So mm-hmm. the thought was sort of okay well this will do both AR and VR it's kind of a mixed thing and then Google kind of threw everyone for a loop when they showed off those glasses last year at IO because it was like oh wait maybe they're working on another thing as well or maybe we were confused who knows but in any case, they have, I guess, for the most part, just gotten rid of the hardware division. Um, the guy who was leading it, Clay Bevor, I guess is uh, how you pronounce his name. Um, he left.
0: Oh, I Oh, I totally said Beaver. I'm sorry. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Was
1: it really a hardware division for this though? So because I'm going to tell you what, uh, when they showed it off at IO22, I'm like, oh, they got a Focal's by North prototype yes. that they're running Google software on. Right. And this, I'm I, I'm of the belief that this is a software project completely, because those don't even look like a, a Google prototype. Google would make it look like Mister Roboto.
0: Wait, so so you think? Wait, wait, so so Jerry, are you suggesting that you think that hardware device is still there and they're just?
1: No, I'm I'm guessing that this is a software project for companies like Samsung. Oh, or, oh, or, oh, oh, okay. Or North okay. or. Lenovo or any other company that makes, you know, AR glasses mm-hmm, can mm-hmm. put this Google software in them. Okay. Yes. That's okay. what Google wants is their software on everybody's. Device. Yeah, yeah.
0: Of course. Of course. Right.
2: So the, the Bevor guy, um, he was heading up that group of Google that came from North. Right. Um, and so that, that group is still there. The group's not gone, but apparently they have moved over to almost entirely software development, and there's like a few dudes in the basement still messing around with hardware is sort of what the report said, right? Like, they're, they're not taking it seriously, in, in in essence, of developing their own hardware, unless, I guess, it's for software testing purposes. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, that ski goggle thing was actually Samsung's XR headset that was has been teased several times now, and is supposed to be shown off later this year. And that's what people are thought our thinking is going to be the Apple vision Pro competitor from Samsung and Google now what this group is doing like I said is they've moved to software and they're developing uh, what they what's being called Android for AR um, it's it's sort of a, a micro uh, operating system that's designed for AR headsets and glasses and things like that so that you have more features that are more bespoke versus just sticking Android on a pair of smart glasses and trying to work around those limitations it's you know sort of flipping the script that that,
0: that makes
1: the most sense
2: i agree
0: do you think that um the software this ar ar software that google is creating okay this is gonna i have to kind of wrap my head around this okay so we have apple vision pro um their headset Obviously, that's going to have Apple software, but like Apple devices, which it runs on iOS, obviously, you can still download Google software like Chrome, uh, Maps, Gmail, whatever it is. Do you think that would be a similar capability with the Apple Vision Pro with this AR software that Google is trying to create? Like, would there be this possibility where they create something? that gets sold to so many different companies, including Apple. Is that something that's that what is that what they're trying to do? Or are they doing something completely different?
1: I think this is like more like Wear OS. Oh, okay. Yes. Okay. This is okay. I'm Lenovo and I want to make these cool new AR glasses, but man, I sure wish I didn't have to spend two and a half billion dollars developing a okay, an operating that, system. For okay. It. Okay. Well, here comes Google to give me one for free as long as I place their apps in it. Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah, and, and,
2: you know, the funny thing about that is Meta's been
1: using Android on
2: Quest headsets since 2018. Right, so. but
1: it's their Android. They just took correct, source code correct. and built it.
2: The, this is akin to Amazon's version of Android on Fire tablets and other Fire devices, right?
1: Right, but I think this this here is going to be just, you know, turnkey solution to give to the OEMs like they do for watches. Google's not a hardware maker. They're a software company.
0: Okay, but that being said, <laughs> do we think it's going to be be as a similar situation to Wear OS, or do we think it's going to be a similar situation to Android for phones?
2: I don't think we know enough yet. If any, if I had to throw a dart at the wall,
3: Samsung gets first dibs for at yep. least a year.
0: Well, what I what I meant by that question was, do you think that it's going to be as clunky as Wear OS? Or do we think it's going to be as seamless as Android for cell phones?
1: I I think it's going to be pretty seamless. And I'll tell you why I think that this early. It's going to be super, super scaled down. You're not going to have, you know, two and a half million So there
0: is no opportunity for it to be clunky? Well,
1: no, there is. It depends on how much, you know, they they want to shoehorn into it. Uh, We know Google has versions of Maps and Gmail and everything else because... Even as far back as Google Glass, you could run Google Maps on your glasses. And it's just very scaled back. It shows you only what you need to know or what you asked for without all this extra crap on it. Yep. If that's the way they continue to do it, there, there's not a lot of things to be clunky. Uh, if it's a little more opened up for, let's say, Samsung or I said Lenovo, whoever, to throw a bunch of their extra crap in there, that, that changes everything. Samsung will clunk the heck out of it if they're able to.
2: Yeah, and I think what was particularly interesting to me in this is that they're calling it a micro XR platform, which means they are going for the whole spectrum of devices versus yeah, um, Apple's headset is becoming more interesting now because we're learning about how limited it is. And one of the many reasons why they did not use the term VR in their uh, announcement And they they really stuck with spatial computing is because it seems like Apple does not want you walking around with this thing. They want you sitting in a chair, sitting on a couch, not moving because it doesn't support room scale movement. If you get up and move more than a meter and a half away, it shuts the whole experience down and puts you back in the menu and tells you to go take a seat kind of thing is what what we're seeing now from, uh, you know, people who have used it and stuff.
1: That sounds like Apple.
2: Yeah, it's a very, very tailored experience versus what I'm seeing from this, you know, Google's thing early on is that they're going for a much broader scope of things, which is, I mean, kind of what Meta has been doing, even if Meta has been a little more gaming-focused with the Quest.
3: The, vi- the Vision Pro's are really expensive, Public, publicly available once it gets FCC mm-hmm. approval. It's a dev kit. Yes. We're still three, four, five years away from a quest pro priced headset from apple
1: if ever
2: yeah and it'll be interesting to see how they handle the wider scale stuff too
3: yeah they're not going to release something that's like the quest three which what like going to be like 500 bucks or whatever apple's not we're not going to see a 500 hundred dollar apple headset it's not going to happen but this is a this is a dev kit and we're still years away from a thousand dollar apple headset
1: yeah i mean the the group apple targets are people that are willing to spend, you know, $1,200, $1,300 on a premium headset. So they don't even have to care about a $500 headset. I think you're right. Whereas this gives Google's partners the opportunity to make a $500 device that's competitive in, in some ways.
3: I just hope it doesn't end up like, like
1: tablet software, well, where it's a jumbled, effed-up mess. Do you know what I hope to see from it? Uh, you know those things you put on your dashboard that hook up to your car computer and display your, you know, compass direction and your speed and everything in the corner of your windshield? I have always wanted one of those that ran Android and could throw Google Maps up there.
2: Yeah, I I, th- I think this will uh eventually develop stuff like that, and that's that's kind of what's exciting about this is them them. Sort of realizing that, yeah, maybe we shouldn't bother with the hardware side of things because it really is is a little bit too tumultuous right now for a company like Google to to be messing with and that they're going to do what they do best and they're going to make the OS side of things because they've been pretty darn successful at that so far with basically every other type of technology. They've made it for RIP Android things. <coughs>
0: <laughs> okay, well, on that note, RIP to the things uh, let's take a quick break because um, the next four topics are going to be really fun to talk about and i want to get to to them so stay tuned we'll be right back indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract interview and hire all in one place Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's powerful hiring platform can help you do it all. We streamline hiring with powerful tools that find you matched candidates. With Instant Match, over 80% of employers get quality candidates whose resume on Indeed matches their job description the moment they sponsor a job, according to Indeed data in the U.S. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because let's just face it, you want to be able to find the right candidate for your job. Candidates you invite to apply are three times more likely to apply to your job than candidates who only see it in search according to US Indeed data. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash ACP. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash ACP. Indeed.com slash ACP. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, so we got a new freelancer um, that started writing for us. I'm sure many people who are listening to the podcast, and I wanted to get him on the podcast today, but there's just been a lot going on at work, and I'm hoping to get him on the podcast next week because he will be writing for us on a weekly basis. Um, And for for those of you who who haven't been following our Twitter or paying attention, um, the person I am talking about is Michelle Rahman. Everyone knows him formerly uh, at XDA Developers. And then he went on to uh, work for Esper.io. Um, and now he's freelancing and he's writing for us. And that's so freaking exciting. I I, I love that he's doing that for us now. Um, so he wrote an article, his first article last week, and it's titled, With Pixel 8, Google May Finally Have an, an- Answer to Samsung DeX. Now, I, I particularly wanted to talk about this because i know andrew might have a lot of thoughts about this so i think i'm going to just throw it away directly to you andrew because i know you have a lot of thoughts about dex mode
3: okay
1: um yeah so apparently (laughs) sorry
0: Well, wait. Haven't you been? You you do talk about Dex mode, don't you?
1: Andrew's the only person in the world that uses it, so yeah, he might as well exactly. talk about it.
0: There you go.
2: <laughs> Heck, I, thought, I have a Dex laptop that Andrew sent me that I use. So yes, this is definitely Andrew's thing.
0: Yeah, I thought you would figure. I thought you would like to talk about this. Well, yeah.
2: Plus, there's an editorial that I have that's overdue. He doesn't. He, does, he doesn't want to poach his own content, Truthy, That's what it is.
3: Yeah,
0: that's true. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Well, if you talk about your content, then then it will force you to write it because then we can get a post. I'll just
3: put week. it in the CMS and just copy a link to the podcast.
0: <laughs> Fair enough.
3: <laughs> Perfect. Let's go for it. I am under the impression that Google needs a desktop like experience like Samsung Dex. And Google has a desktop mode and has had a desktop mode built into AOSP, but it hasn't really been much of anything except for super, super bare bones. Uh, Michelle found, or Michelle, there was a report from Android Authority saying that the Pixel 8 may actually include proper display output support, which is not something that uh, current Pixel phones has for this reason, uh, for this type of feature. And Michelle expanded on that and basically explained why desktop mode would be useful for across Android devices um, and gave us a look at what it would look like or what it looks like now with android with android 14 and it's super basic as it is it's just been google's just still working on this and um i lost my train of thought
2: you're good so i'll just pick up too like i've wanted to see you're good okay i i've wanted to see something like this for a long time because um you know especially like when the pixel fold came out one of the negative points that you could say about it is it doesn't have something like DeX or Motorola's thing, which is called Ready for. And I know in the past, I have not found these things as useful as maybe you have, Andrew, just because it doesn't fit in my workflow. But once Motorola's got updated recently, and they started doing more uh, sort of link to Windows type features where it like, It shares a clipboard between my phone and my computer. Uh, I can easily transfer files without having to connect a USB cable. Like there's a lot of little things like that that I really love about these types of modes. And as they have gotten more features over the years, it's actually become useful for me, even if I don't use them to their full extent, right? So I, I, I actually, I swear one of these trips I go on, I'm gonna take only that laptop you sent me and see how well I can do just using DeX versus taking like a a full, you know, my normal Lenovo laptop with me on, on a trip. Because I'd love to just see if I can do my full workload on there. I guess the only thing missing, of course, would be Adobe Suite, which is what I always complain about whenever I look at anything that's not a Windows or a MacBook, right? Because I don't know why, but for some reason, Adobe doesn't want to release it on Chrome or Android or anything else.
3: I mean, Lightroom Mobile should get you 90% of the way there. It's not going to be perfect with with
2: photo editing. Yeah, yeah, and you're right. I think Lightroom Mobile will probably be fine for most things, but I don't don't want that 10% to show up and go, crap, I need my laptop now. You know, like, I just want the full Adobe Suite, or at least the full Photoshop on, you know, Chrome OS or Android or something. Like, just having that option would be really nice. And I know... Adobe now has a web version of that, but it's still not full feature. There's still a lot of things missing.
1: No, you need to bite the bullet and teach yourself GIMP. It's more powerful than Photoshop, and it works on any device, including your phone.
2: I I used to use that, actually, before. Um, I'm not exactly sure when I stopped using it. A couple of years ago.
1: It's Nothing's uh, automated. That's the problem with it. You can't click a button and fix anything. You have to create masks and do it all yourself
2: yeah and that kind of stuff is why i have you know shifted more toward photoshop work yeah because now they have ai built into it and all this other stuff and there's just so much cool crap you can do and i don't have to put five hours of work into something that i used to right
1: you don't like, have to I figure out a python a, to make it do it
2: <laughs> yeah it's it, it's just it i don't want to get too much on the adobe train but i'm glad to see that google is finally sort of getting around to adding these types of features to Android as a base, and particularly to Pixels, because I think
1: a phone like a Pixel phone would really benefit from these features. The biggest news here is Google is finally adding USB-C alternate mode to the USB-C port, which would mean Thunderbolt, DisplayPort, MDL, HDMI, all over USB-C, as well as you know active and passive pass-through audio. Right. Uh to me that's a much bigger deal than oh you can connect it to a tv and if you brought a keyboard with you too you can have like a little desktop right uh if you know that that's cool but if you want to do that you figure out how to do it wirelessly through you know wireless why you know Y display what the hell is that called Intel's yeah, I know, I know what you're talking wireless about. Wireless um, display it's Just Wi-Fi. wireless casting or whatever yeah.
2: of, of some sort, right? But
1: um, still, I mean, if, if they opened up alternate mode, that that's a much bigger deal because you go look at all the, the biggest complaints people have about Pixel on AV forums is, oh, Google wants to force you to buy a Chromecast because it doesn't do MDL right. or HDMI over USB-C, and they never have. They've locked that out completely, and it's stupid.
2: Yep. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. And I, I also think going back to the Pixel Fold thing, if Google is going to continue to make large foldables like this versus you know a, a small flip form factor, I think sort of the point of a large foldable is that this is a productivity device. So part of that has to be it can also replace your desktop or your tablet when you need it to. And this is a huge component of that, right? The
1: USB-C port is on the bottom of that thing, right? Yes. Okay, Logitech, you need to make a keyboard that connects through HDMI to a television. Bingo. And you dock that pixel fold in it and use this desktop mode. They won't do that till Apple makes a fold.
2: Yeah, they're they're not going to sell enough Pixel Fold accessories to make that worth their while. And I've run into this with the Pixel Fold in particular. Well, no, centers. as long
1: as the USB-C ports on the bottom, it would work with any phone.
2: I was saying, I was like,
3: real quick, like Samsung hasn't been able to get. We don't have Samsung's foldables have been out for fi- four or five years now, and there's still nothing like that. Yeah.
0: Why do you think that's the case?
3: Because Apple
1: sells.
0: Yeah, it does. But but there are so many Android devices as well around the world.
1: I I said it as a joke earlier that Andrew's the only one in the world that uses DeX. But that's probably not too far off the mark. Oh, fair. Uh, Google's refusal to do anything with desktop mode. And, you know, that, that tells me the entire story because Google knows exactly what you do on your phone every second it's in your hand. They know exactly how many minutes people have spent in any sort of desktop mode or attempt to use desktop mode and that number is probably so low they decided they weren't really going to worry about too much and if they're doing this you know with you know some sort of mobile high definition output through the USB-C port it kind of makes sense to lump the two together for the few people that do use it and throw them a bone make them happy
2: yeah I mean, you know, I think at this point, especially on the OS side of things, we're kind of running out of ideas, right?
1: This is never going to compete with Samsung's DeX. Uh, It may be the answer for people who don't want to use a Samsung phone, and I agree with Michelle, the way he wrote that, but uh, if you want to use your phone as a, a sort of miniature desktop computer with a, you know, portable monitor or big television or whatever, you know Samsung does it right off the bat. You just, sure that's it. Uh, They're, they're not going to compete with that.
2: I also think it's important, this is I think my last thought on this subject, but uh, it's important for Google to work on this because like we saw with Android 12L, when Google starts working on fixing these uh, sort of basic building blocks of the OS, then they can work with bigger manufacturers like Samsung who have already been doing something in this arena and make that even better because... You know, like the Fold 3 had a lot of cool stuff, but what the Fold 3 didn't have was a taskbar, and it didn't have split screen that worked as well as it did on the Fold 4. And a lot of those things were added because Samsung and Google worked together on Android 12L, Yeah. and when that debuted with the Fold 4... You had a lot of these new features that were now pieces of Android that were effectively Samsung skinned versions or modified versions, right?
1: Right. I I, I know somebody that works at one of the two companies you just mentioned, and that's all I'll say. (laughs) But uh, he said, at Samsung, they think of the ideas. At Google, they fix the idea.
2: There you go. So that's seeing them work on this, I guess, with that sort of mindset. That's awesome, because that means this is going to be better next year. When this launches than it is this year and that's that's good <laughs>
3: or google could just turn
1: desktop mode into chrome os
0: <laughs> or that
1: no that's never gonna happen security problems out the yin yang there you're a security problem
0: <laughs> okay uh i'll let you respond jerry since you know that was obviously directed at you <laughs> i
1: i know your phone number i could be a security problem <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh my God. Okay. Um, so, you know, obviously speaking of foldables, cause we, we have been talking about that. I, I want to talk about this strange issue. You know, we started off the conversation by talking about how Google is canceling pixel fold pre-orders left and right. And obviously that's more of a system issue, but maybe people shouldn't be pre-ordering the phone to begin with. I don't know, because we are hearing a lot of reports of the pixel fold already breaking. Uh, so Ron Amadeo at, uh, Ars Technica had his pixel fold break a few days after he got it. And another Reddit user who already received theirs had the screen protector peel off the glass. Uh, and then shortly after the glass broke. Um, yeah. And, and I don't know if you've mentioned this Nick yet or not, but you also got like scratches easily on your fold. Right. And yeah, I put that
2: in the review, the, the frosted glass on the back. Uh, the covering scratched off, like, on the first day I took it out. Yeah. Now, now obviously not the whole thing, but I got two scratches that are that are permanently there.
0: And so this kind of begs the question of, I mean, I'm not surprised that, you know, there are issues with this first device because it is Google's first foldable device. Sure. Um, but are we, like... I can't even remember when like it's it feels like it was forever ago when samsung launched its first foldables but i do remember when they launched theirs a lot of people were having similar issues and then um specifically with the screen protector like it was peeling off it was and the, it, the crease wasn't like it, it there was just a lot of issues so i'm not entirely surprised to, to hear this but it's also not a good look. Sure. And I also feel like going back to a conversation that we've had before on numerous occasions, people like to on Google a lot more than other companies. And I wonder if that is going to happen in this case.
1: Yes, of course. Uh, So far there's two or three people who have had problems. Uh, I have no idea how many they sold, but I imagine it's more than two or three. Right. And you know, if it's, five percent of the people that have one then it becomes a a design problem right now it's just hey these are mass-produced devices no matter how much they cost you're going to get some that are lemons
2: right and and i think with foldable glass because it's ultra thin by nature any kind of imperfection in that glass is going to result in it breaking eventually right so like you said when it's mass produced there's just always going to be a percentage of devices that are going to break on their own without yeah. you being the one to do it. And I think that's where the price tag comes into effect here, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're paying $1,800 for this thing, that's fine, okay? We can argue whether or not this is an $1,800 phone, whatever. But if you're paying $1,800 for it, I fully expect a company like Google to back you up as the Oh, yeah. so. no
1: doubt. They should drive to your house with a new one. Exactly. Yeah. So
2: they need to like hardcore go after these things and prove to people hey, even if this does break, we're so good and we're so confident in our product that we will get you a new one as soon as possible. And I don't mean in two weeks, as soon as possible. I mean, like the next day. Yeah, the next day. You jump the line.
1: You don't have to wait till August. We have certain ones set back in reserve to fix these types of issues. Here's your new phone. Enjoy. Give us that broken one.
0: And, we do, and we, we do know that um, iFixit, you, you are able to get pixel fold repair parts through iFixit, which I think yeah. is a good thing, but I don't like, think you would want to fix your own foldable device. Like, I just, that just doesn't make sense to me.
1: Especially not while it's under warranty.
0: Yeah, exactly. For the first
1: year, Google needs to care. If you yeah. spent that much money to buy right. into Google as a company, they need to show they care that much about you hundred percent
2: yep and I think so far what I've seen on Reddit and other places like this their response is not generally oh it's a pixel phone of course it's going to break or something like that right there's it's not it's not a question of Google's uh, quality it's a question of Google's customer service and that's usually where, the the problem lies with a lot of people that are commenting is like oh well good luck with google's customer service because historically they suck that's typically Mm -hmm. what i read Mm -hmm. and i think they need to do the work to get that part fixed because that I, i i honestly think that's what's killing them the most as far as yeah consumer mindset and especially like from the tech people side a lot of them are always like oh pixel always has these problems and they never get fixed or something
1: you know and, and you know what? I, I'm part of the problem there. I was all, you know, with everybody else, Google does not do customer service well. Everything's a Python script. It's all a bot. It's crap. The one time I had to deal with Google customer service was the back of my Pixel 4 popped off. I had, an, I had another phone the next freaking day. Oh, my God. They were excellent. And, and I crap all over them all the time, and I shouldn't because my one experience with them was perfect and beautiful. Right.
0: No, I I and and the the irony of this too is that Apple isn't any better. I remember and and I've I have experience. I remember when I had I can't remember. I think it was like the Pixel 2 or something. Like it was like way back when. I had an issue with that. They if I remember they were pretty good with replacing it to me. It wasn't the next day. It was like in a week or so, which, okay, fine. That makes sense. But Apple isn't any better either. Like I've had issues with my Apple phone and like they don't give you a new phone in the next day. They, it takes, it still takes like two days at least for them to get you a phone, which I think is good. Apple customer service is actually pretty decent, but it's still like when you're spending that much money and that's just USD, it's so much more in Canada. You... Like, and it's not even available in Canada yet, but when it does, it's going to be expensive. You should be getting that, like, first-class experience.
1: Right. To be be fair, I want to say I got it the next day because they shipped it from a thing in Pennsylvania that's like 45 miles from my house. Oh, fair enough. That's why I got it the next day. It probably would have been two or three days for most people.
0: Yeah, fair
2: enough. Yeah, and I think perception-wise, Apple does a better job here because it has so many stores. Because yeah, that's any true. Joe Schmo can go walk into an Apple store and say, hey, my phone's broke, fix it, right? Even if they don't get it fixed, you have that uh, you know, that moment where you can go in and talk to a person. You don't have to call an 800 number and wonder if you know, somebody who you can't understand in the other line picks up or if they even give a crap about you, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you're just they're just reading off their cue cards until they finally get to the end and transfer you to the next person. Like mm-hmm. People hate that crap. Yeah, They yeah. want to go into a store and wring somebody's neck when it doesn't work. For sure. <laughs> and
1: from what I've heard about Google customer service, that's the norm. Oh, my gosh. You get gosh. somebody who just reads out of their book and tries to troubleshoot over the phone with you, but to get any results, if you have a problem they can't fix, you have to escalate it. And that's that's not a
0: good experience. No, it's definitely not. Well, hopefully Google gets its stuff in order because I don't think anyone wants to deal with something like this, especially when more people get their hands on this phone because it is so expensive. Uh, they do deserve some good customer service.
1: Their phone costs twice as much as my truck.
0: Yeah, that's ridiculous. <clears throat> okay, Yeah, let's... my
1: truck's a piece of crap.
0: <laughs> <Still>. <laughs> let's talk about OnePlus uh, continuing on the foldable uh, conversation. Uh, so we wrote a news article about a rumor. It's a rumored fo- phone. Uh, it's OnePlus's first foldable device. Rumored first foldable device. The article title is "The OnePlus V Fold Could Steal Samsung's Foldable Phone Thunder in August." And and I think I love this concept because I I'm waiting for a company that can actually compete with Samsung. Um, at least in North America.
1: I don't know. When you read that title out loud, I thought I heard laughing the whole way from Korea. Really? Yeah, nobody's going to steal Samsung's (laughs) foldable phone thunder. Now, I mean, I get it. I get OnePlus is trying and and they could, but Samsung owns that market and they will own that market until Apple steps in. Hmm. I don't care how good this OnePlus phone is.
0: Fair. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no that's a statement
3: i was drinking sorry no arguments here jerry's just t- tired of talking about foldable phones
0: no no
1: i i don't like foldable phones i think they're stupid but if you like them you can think i'm stupid that that's the way it works but when i think foldable foldable phones i instantly think samsung because right by word of mouth and everybody out there there aren't a whole lot of them, but Samsung makes the best ones. We don't even get the, be- the actual best ones here. The best
3: ones are all overseas.
2: Yeah, I guess, I don't know. Hardware wise, yes. And I, I think that might be where OnePlus can really compete here because we know OnePlus is owned by the same company that owns Oppo and Oppo makes really nice foldables, right? So there's a, a high chance that the hardware for this thing could be killer. Uh, I mean, the render that we have looks amazing. It's super thin. There's basically no bezels on it. Like, it's a looker, okay? I
1: I have no doubt that this phone is going to be better than Samsung's next Fold in every conceivable way. You know, looks are subjective, but hardware-wise, that doesn't matter. When the average person thinks about buying a folding phone, they instantly think about Samsung and don't care about anyone else. Mm. Sure. I I think it's
2: early enough in the foldable market, though, to where if we get a number of competitors, especially since I would say most people haven't bothered with a foldable phone or even considered buying a foldable phone until the last year, um, I think if, if we start getting some competitors in now who actually compete on price and not just hardware looks or software or whatever, I think that will also help. And
0: It will, however, here's my thought on that. I think because Samsung and Apple aren't well-known names amongst the general population, I'm not talking about Android enthusiasts, I'm talking about sure. general audience, most people are gonna gravitate towards a Samsung and if or Apple decides to release a foldable, they would go for an Apple device. I don't think a lot of people would go for a OnePlus or maybe they would go for a Pixel Fold but because of that price tag I don't think that they would necessarily gravitate towards that. And I think it's going to end up becoming very similar like as much as I say I love that you know there's this potential of OnePlus coming out with a foldable device I would agree with Jerry. I don't think Samsung will be knocked off of that pedestal also because this seems very familiar to our regular smartphone ecosystem. When we look at that, there are so many competitors, but there are only two companies that are pretty much at the top of that, that scale of phones.
1: And that's not good. But that's just how it is.
3: It's the same crap we've been dealing with for years. Samsung lost. Samsung doesn't know how to make an exciting phone anymore. It did. And then it got complacent. So now we have this POS that just breaks randomly. My Fold my fold 4 is broken. and has been for two weeks and it's still not fixed yet. Thanks, Jerry. And we get all these other phones come in and we like they it's a, everybody's fighting an uphill battle. Because every other company, uh, Apple and Samsung are complacent, the market is boring, phones, technology is boring. It's just boring. It's BS and it's boring because these other companies try and come in and they don't have the marketing power, they don't have the marketing money or budget to even post something, ha- have a, a single commercial during the Super Bowl, let alone on regular cable TV. So the only time you ever hear about it is either reading Android Central, seeing a YouTube video about it, or maybe a friend happens to hear about a, the V Fold, which is a stupid name in, a, in and of itself.
1: Hey, Andrew, are, are you mad that your Fold 4 is broken? I'm off my soapbox now.
2: <laughs> you know, I actually meant to bring that up in the last topic when we were talking about Google's warranty thing. Yeah,
1: what happened to your Fold 4? And, and you know, how would that relate to is the same thing going to happen with a pixel fold.
3: I don't know how my fold four got broken. I opened it, used it, put it on my desk. It did not drop. Went to pick it up again, opened it, never, it again never and came the, back.
1: The I remember when it happened, but I thought you got it back.
3: Nope. Uh, oh. I've done software updates cuz I can still use the cover screen as long as I don't open the phone up.
0: But isn't isn't Samsung's customer customer care equally bad as Google's? Like I've heard
3: they're all shit. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I,
3: I have to deal with You Break, I Fix, which luckily there's a, com- there's, there's a store Ooh. 20 minutes from my house, which is great, um, except for they don't have the gray-green color in stock, and I have to have both the front and main displays replaced, and I call and I get say, well, we don't know anything about that, we'll have to call you back, and <laughs> don't hear anything. So, after we're done podcasting, I'm going to take my puppy out to go potty, and then I'm going to go down and fight with somebody.
1: <laughs> now, is this costing you anything, or is this... $99
3: deductible, because I have dropped the phone.
0: Oh, my gosh.
3: So, I I, I'm, I suspect that it's something related to a cable wiggled loose somewhere.
1: I, I just want to circle back to you spent $1,799 on a phone from Samsung they need to be driving one out to your house to replace it if it breaks I, yes.
0: seriously
1: i pay 16 a month for samsung care
0: oh oh, oh my god
1: okay I, you know what i don't know if anybody from samsung listens to this but you are thieves
0: oh my god that's if that's ridiculous. the way you do business
1: that's robbery
2: yeah and this this is Oh
0: my goodness
2: this is really the biggest problem right because if something like this happens even if you drop your phone once, whoop the friggin' do. If I didn't drop my phone and the glass broke, then it ain't a problem. Okay. Yeah. If there's not a giant dent on the side or
1: something. Yeah, it's ridiculous
2: it, to even You
1: used it say after that. you dropped it and it worked. Yes. So it ain't that you dropped it. That's not what did it. This is Boy, now now you got me upset. So I know did we talk about the flip four on here
2: when that happened to my wife's flip four? Yeah, you break stuff too. <laughs> okay. And I had a terrible experience with you break I fix as well. I walked in there literally the broken part of the phone was the piece of the hinge, right? It's, it's the part of the hinge where the glass bends and there's a nice straight line straight across there. Okay. Anybody with a brain would look at that and go, Oh yeah, it broke on its own. Cause it's folding glass. Not you break. I fix. Okay. They looked at it and they go, Oh, the warranty doesn't cover that it's, it's screen damage. I'm like, I have some words for you, and I don't you want to utter them out loud.
1: Yeah, but you're getting mad at the wrong people here. Yeah, they like, like truly, stri- this but is... But my point is,
2: if they are relying on you break iFix to be their big, you know, in-store people that you go to get your Fold or your Flip fixed at, that's a mistake. They need to be handling it themselves.
1: What I was saying is, Samsung tells you break I fix what to cover, what not to cover, and what is screen damage and what isn't screen damage. So if that costs you money, it's because Samsung told you break. I fix, Hey, if you fix this, we're not paying you for it.
3: But I paid not, I paid a hundred dollars on top of the $16 a month. I go through, you can't find, there's no clear. This is going to be an article when I'm done.
0: (laughs) I'm holding you to it. I'm just letting you know
3: you try and try somebody, not anybody here. Somebody try and go book an appointment to get your phone fixed through Samsung care plus. Tell me how to do it. I know how to do it because it took me an hour to figure it out. And I'm tech savvy. Tell the average person how to go do that.
1: If it's not a button you tap on your phone, it's broken. Yeah.
3: And then, Well, what if your phone, what if the screen's broken? What if you had a, like a, a
1: normal slide well, phone and your screen's broken? Go to the website anyway? and, and tap a button and make an appointment. If you can't do that, Samsung that's, is broken.
3: That's, and then on top of that, it's through, it's handled through a third party. Okay. So it's not Samsung care going to uh, you break, I fix. There's a middleman. So I walked into the store last week, right before we recorded the podcast, and they, they had my name and my phone number and a case number and had no clue what phone I had. There was, and the, 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 the woman at the, the store showed me, there was nothing listed on my account. Everything inside my email, I have, because I'm documenting all of this stuff. Like I had my Fold4 and the description that I put and everything like that. The woman's screen had nothing but my name and phone number and and a case number. I call yesterday. The guy tells me he doesn't even know what I'm talking about because they don't have the gray green in stock. Promises a call back from his manager or whoever else is in charge of it. And I have heard nothing since then. And it's just like, I spent $1,800 on a phone. I love foldable phones. I really, really, really love foldable phones. But like, this is pissing me off to the point where like, I might not. I, the thoughts
1: cross my head where I might not buy the the Pixel Fold. Okay, get that OnePlus phone. That might be better.
0: He's being he's being sarc- He's being sarcastic. Okay, you should write. Hey, something I can, about I know this. where you can
1: buy a truck.
0: <laughs> okay. Anyways, I'm moving on. We. You should write an article about this though, Andrew, because I think it is smart. Um, and customer service people, if you're listening, you know, get your shit together. All of them. Uh, I will have to read the article to determine what is allowed. Um, OK, last thing I want to talk about is uh, Jerry's article, which I loved reading, um, and it's titled When Are Kids Ready for the Internet? And I think this is such a great article because I think there's always this conversation around, you know, like when should kids go on the internet? What is appropriate? How do we monitor them? You know, I know, uh, Nick, you have two younger kids um, and you are very careful about it, but I think it begs the question of like, what is the right age? So Jerry, why don't you walk us through this? Tell tell me your thought process in, in writing this article.
1: First off, it's not up to me to tell you when your kids are ready for the internet. You know your kids. You know your responsibilities as a parent. And you need to make the best decision. I mean, Nick, you wouldn't appreciate me telling you how, you know, you should integrate tech into your kids' life. And I don't think any parent would. Uh, But what really sparked this off was, you know, Quest for 10-year-olds. Man, I hate that idea. And the reason I hate it is because mom and dad don't know what's on that screen. It's strapped to their little head. And there's no way for an outside person to monitor it. And that bothers me. So it got me thinking, this is a bigger discussion about children on the Internet and our responsibilities as, as parents to these little monsters to, to try to raise them right. And, man, it just, it's so hard for me to talk about this. I'm really not telling you what to do. I'm telling you to make the best decision that you think
0: you can make. I don't think anyone is, thinks, well, maybe there are some people who think you're, you're telling them what to do, but I think what's integral to this article is what you said, which is parents really need to understand how to introduce that to their kids. Yeah. And obviously Nick, you have a lot of experience with that. You play um, your quest devices with your kids and you actually like integrate with them, but you involve yourself with them heavily right right? and that is a huge component to this it's that how much of the involvement is there of the parent i should stop talking because i don't have kids but nick i would love to get your perspective on this
2: so i think that the most important thing is that tech is not a babysitter i don't care what you use it is not a babysitter and giving your child a piece of tech and telling them to go away because you just want to be an adult and have a drink or whatever is not parenting Nope. You can yell at me and Nick
1: both. I I, I don't
2: really care what anybody thinks. You're an idiot parent if you do that. And you can put it on record. Enjoy. Because it drives me crazy when I see that happening. And I join a game, and there's some kid on there cussing his head off, and I know he's under 10, and his parents aren't even in the room or listening to what he's doing. Jeez. And it's like, I don't know, it's just... Why did you have kids in the first place? <laughs> Just how do you involve how do yourself your, with your child's life?
0: How do your kids um, take your involvement with tech? Uh,
2: are, are, like,
0: are you saying? Like, how do they feel that you are so involved with? I don't, that sounds like a weird question to ask a 10-year-old, but like.
1: Truthy, it doesn't matter what they think. Nick is the one who's making the decisions that are best for him because that's his job as
0: a dad. Yeah, no, I, I get that. But I also think that like. You know, it's it's also important to, like, talk to them about their feelings and understand, like, what their perspective is. And I'm sure Nick is a great parent in the sense that, like, he probably explains to them, like, why he's doing what he's doing and he's not harsh with them and he's kind with them. Do you know what I mean? Like, how, how do they like I'm sure they're having fun with you being there with them.
2: Right. I, I think as far as that goes, you should always involve yourself in your kid's life because you are their parent and spending time with them is the most important thing you can do especially as a parent of a younger child you know once you get to adolescence uh, being a teenager things change and I'm not there yet you know my son's only nine so we'll we'll get there soon oh I know and I can (laughs) feel it like I actually just thought this week he was playing with his friends and he had like two friends over and they played until like seven or eight in the evening until it was bedtime and I'm like I didn't I didn't get any time with you today, you know? Like it's it's sad, but I feel like when you're a parent of a younger kid, you need to try your best to to put yourself in their life and just be with them because it makes a huge difference. Oh yeah, it absolutely. And they're does. they're not gonna think like, Oh, why are they spending so much time with me? That don't that thought will never cross their mind. If you are a parent that is involving yourself in your child's life, they're going to like it. Yeah. You know, I I think maybe that there are exceptions to that, of course, but a lot of parents that do this whole tech babysitting thing are not involved with their kids' lives, and they just want their kids to grow up and get out of the house so they can be adults again, right? And if if I'm going to comment on anything specifically, that's where I'm going with it.
1: <laughs> Nick, I bet, don't you think that your son has more fun because he's with you? Yes, Playing Minecraft absolutely. or... Watching, you know, Ready Player One or whatever. I don't know if he's old enough for that, but right, yeah, and and I, I, I can give a little bit of a different point of view. If you don't spend that time with your kids when they're young, you're gonna look back and regret it one day.
2: Right, and and I think it's it's also important too. And again, I don't have an older child or an adult child at this point, so I can't speak from. Personal experience, but after having read parenting books and things like that, if you involve yourself in your child's life early on, they learn to enjoy your company, and you know. Again, there are exceptions to this, but they will come back to you when they're an adult. They want to spend time with you versus oh, I only need mom and dad right now. Once I'm gone, I'm out of here. I'm never seeing them again. Right? Like that. They, well, they're <laughs> going to go through that those... phase
1: anyway for a couple years, but then sure, and, yeah, and they, right. I'm sure
2: yeah but you know you know what i'm saying like when they grow and they have kids of their own or whatever they're going to enjoy coming back and seeing you and visiting with you and having their kids visit with you the
0: thing is the thing is you i don't know about you guys but like i know exactly what you're talking about nick because i experienced that as an adult now like i remember i'm an only child i my my dad was very busy his job was incredibly busy my mom was at home and she was the one taking care of me but both of my parents were always involved and always there like for me whether it was my homework like my dad would come home and at like 7 8 p.m from work and he would be like did you finish your homework can i help you with your homework like what do you like they were always involved and it like yeah obviously like in my early 20s and like when i was a teenager i was like i don't want to hang out with my parents like i want to be with my friends but like now in my mid thirties, I'm like constantly talking to them. I love hanging out with them. Like they're, they're my people, you know? So like, I think it's not just like kids who, who are going to go through that. It's like us as adults, we've experienced that too. I mean, if, if you've had like, what Nick is describing that like involvement in a good way, right? Like I think, um, I don't know. I think this is a conversation that we should constantly be talking about. It's very similar to the detachment to technology conversation of like how we are so involved with technology. I think this is a similar conversation where as we progress more in society in terms of how much technology is around us and how much it's going to get integrated in our lives, we need to be thinking about the next generation and younger kids and how they're going to be involved and how you can help them succeed in a future with all of this technology
1: one last thing i want to add because i know most people listening aren't going to read this article and didn't read it you should though gives clicks on one of my articles and one day i can ask for a raise if enough people read it so do that for me but uh you can't put an age on it you can't put a number on this i i raised three kids and each of them were ready at a different age yeah because they're different they're people they're all different. 100%
0: I agree I couldn't agree more okay on that note I want to end um with you know my favorite question that I ask every single week which is what made you happy this past week who wants to go first extra
1: long weekend for me and kids coming up just like we were talking about coming up to visit dad bringing the grandkids along and I'm gonna sit out in the back porch and teach my six-year-old granddaughter how to barbecue I think (laughs)
0: I love that nice. that's amazing uh okay nick your turn
2: fantastic i i have another adulting thing that that i'm excited about but this one isn't as weird as last week All right. okay uh i finally got
0: oh, wait was it cabinets. was it
2: was it the toilet seat last week last week was the toilet seat <laughs> okay this week it's storage cabinets okay so, you know I, i'm real going real exciting right now for you yeah but my office looks like a bomb went off in it. Okay, it's freaking <laughs> awful. Oh my god! I have so much crap in here. Okay, <laughs> and that's that's a byproduct of this job. I review bloody everything. Yep. Yeah. So I need I need storage cabinets, and I finally got two. Uh, they have like three cabinets each. They have like a top a top thing. They got two different shelves. So I finally maybe get organized maybe it'll stay organized i should say because i've gotten organized before and three months later it doesn't look like i
1: ever did anything gives you more room to collect more junk that's what's gonna <laughs> happen <God. laughs> yeah
0: well that's exciting i love that okay andrew your turn uh
3: part of what sparked my uh, my soapbox about foldables before is because nick sent me the vivo x fold 2.
0: i i heard that phone was really awesome
3: uh it the hardware is fantastic the chinese rom is awful
0: <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> okay.
2: It's, it's also awful if you're uh, sensitive to Flickr.
0: Oh, yes. <laughs> That's yes. why I sent it to Andrew. Yes,
2: yes. It made me want to throw up in like five seconds.
0: Jeez. Oh, man. It was so bad. He
2: sent me the
3: picture. He sent the picture that he got it. And like an hour later, he's like, hey, it's coming to you. I'm like,
1: all right.
0: <laughs> all right. <laughs> hey,
1: so a question I want to ask you, Andrew, and I guess Nick too. When you all get these phones that are from China with Chinese official software on them, do you sign into them with your Google account?
3: Yes. I'm not answering you because I don't want to deal with the backlash from you. Well,
1: I'm just – well, we know that the way China monitors everything that happens on a phone designed for China, I was just curious if you all are feeding them – even more
2: yes because i don't really care what they do with my data Uh, yeah i also
0: feel like nick probably doesn't really have anything incriminating on his phone
2: (laughs) i I, i'm really you know i would be more worried if i were in china with a device like that because then they could track me and do something awful
0: to me oh god okay well off the record we don't know we don't know if that's gonna happen let's not let's not just assume anything here i i didn't mean (laughs)
1: you know anything i I know
2: but you know what i'm saying i'm not concerned about it
0: yeah
1: i just was wondering if you all did it or not that's all honest simple question andrew no
0: it's fine fine. (laughs) okay so andrew you're excited about the fold um excited i'm i'm or not fold the vivo fold right vivo x fold yep that's right yes there you go
2: awesome throw some letters in there you're good
0: (laughs) random letters um. Okay. Great. Well, I'm excited also because it is a long weekend for me as well, and it is the start of my birthday month, which I it it is a thing. It it is for me. I I'm a birthday month celebrator. But when I went, like I really am not a birthday month celebrator. Like I'm I'm just a talker, but I don't do it like. I'm not, I don't plan to do anything for my birthday. Um, but what I do plan to do, I I don't know. I just, I'm, I'm excited. I feel good. I think things are, um, headed in a really good direction. Um, and that's, what's making me happy. And I always love long weekends because you get to just, um, refresh, you get to do some cleaning and enjoy, have some good food. I'm hoping that the weather is going to be nice this weekend and I plan to do a lot of reading. I just finished a book called The Center, which is um, uh, very interesting if anyone wants to read it. I really enjoyed it, but it is um, a very interesting book. Uh, So I plan to read a lot, listen to some good music, and play some Zelda. So I'm excited and happy about that. I love a good long weekend situation. So,
2: heck yeah for Zelda.
0: Heck yeah for Zelda. Um, okay, well on that note, uh, thank you everyone who listens to us all the time, whether you are in, whether, whether, whether you're listening to us in the morning, afternoon, or night. Thank you so much for taking the time and listening to us. We truly, truly appreciate your time. And with that, we'll catch you guys next time. Bye. Bye.